everybody. I'm Chad Eckert. That's Eric Martins. And this is the Fantasy Golf Pod Sunday night support group in 2021. We're going to go live every Sunday evening talking beers or no. Talking <laughs> of cracking beers. Hey, the house bet came through. What a great week for me. I love it. <laughs> what a great week for you. Uh, hey, we're cracking beers. We're celebrating. Congrats to me. Thanks, Brian. Uh, we had a great time. It was fun, Eric. But it's still, who are we? We're, it is kind of still the support group because I didn't cash a comma on <laughs> DraftKings. Altogether, I did cash a comma this week. But you can come to us on Sunday nights where we're typically losing on DraftKings, but we're only losing a dollar because we're short game players and we do this for fun. And every Sunday, you can just crack a beer and chat along live. Hey, and if you chat the most in this YouTube world we live in, we can reward you with an Albatross ticket. That's what we're kind of doing. So make sure you're chatting along. Maybe you could be the next contestant in The Price is Right. And and whoever gets that Albatross ticket is probably using it better than me. Why are you a loser? Yeah, I haven't I haven't cashed once in the few weeks that we've done the Albatross. Oh my gosh, so you're down like $36. Well, okay. fortunately we fund this from other areas, so <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right, we're not touts. That's right. We're not we're hashtag not experts. Uh find us in the short game. Tonight on the episode of Fantasy Golf Pod Sunday night support group, crack mirrors, talking golf. We're gonna talk about Tiger Woods. He got into an accident. I thought that was just gonna be the topic of conversation to lead into the show. But we're gonna talk about uh mega profit. Because we do. If one of us mega profits, then we'll talk about it. And it was a nice mega profit for me. Well, let's talk about that, and let me be the questionnaire here. All right, we'll get to that in two how, how seconds. You... Talking about the con, this is the table of contents segment at the beginning, <laughs> so you know what you're getting into. It's a YouTube thing. We're doing this like trying to do this less than an hour. We're not trying to waste your time. We're just having fun. So if you have a comment, comment along because that's what we're going to do. And then after we talk about the mega profit, we're going to talk about what people were outraged about if something went viral. Reviewing what we were told. We'll discuss DFS strategy. And again, you know, we'll talk about the short game, how that was won, and then predict next week the API, Arnold Palmer Invitational. That's what we do on the Fantasy Golf Pod. So you wanted to talk to me about my mega profit? Yeah. How, how did you know? How did I know Morikawa was the bet? I don't know, actually. How did I know that? <laughs> Cheers well, to you me. Must- well, it must have been some sort of statistical. Uh, <laughs> no, something. to be honest, it was stats. It was stats. Oh, yeah, like okay. I mean, I've been a shit talker of stats, of strokes gain stats, but like that's because people treat it as the Bible, and they're not really aware of how to interpret that those statistics. I tweeted something out earlier this week that was like, "What is the formula for strokes gained ball striking?" And the, the majority of people answered wrong. Like the one answer that got the least amount of votes was the correct answer. It's total driving and greens and regulation. Like people don't even know. They're just saying, oh, yeah, strong scan, ball striking. Make sure he's good at that. They like, don't even freaking know what that is. 
But anyway, so I was on Fantasy National Moose site. It's a great site. Gives you stats. And I saw Morikawa stats for the last couple of weeks. And I'm like, this stats, the stats I saw, Eric, were that he was good in strokes gained approach and strokes gained tee to green, but he was god-awful putting. And what do we know, Eric, about the putter compared to the iron play? It flips around. You're right. I mean, look at this. Genesis, seven and a half strokes gained on approach. 7.6 strokes gains lost putting. Like, yeah, you're right. That was that's that's a great trend to, to see. And of course, Morikawa was owned not even that much, 8.2%. What the hell? Dude, and no one wanted him either. Because right, it like, was like Morikawa on Bermuda. Cecil's in here saying congrats on tailing me and finally getting a W. Hey, appreciate that, Cecil. Uh, I saw that you're a winning sports better. You can predict athlete performance. You know the future. And you saw it at Max Homa two weeks ago. And congratulations on, again, hitting. If you're not already subscribed to Cecil Peters' uh, YouTube page, go over there and check that out. He's a hockey tout. Yeah. Hockey and go. Thanks for joining us. If you're in the chat, chat along. That's what we're going to do. We're going to chat. And now we're going to also show the screen, Eric, and that's what we'll also do each week is show the winner of the short game. That's what we're in. It's a contest on DraftKings. If you're new to the program, we are short game players. Why? Because it's the best contest on DraftKings. Oh, that's the winning lineup. This is the winning lineup. It is Fair. such a fair contest. You get 20 entries. They're a dollar each, so you don't really feel too scared about having a flyer competing against 30,000 people. You do have to have a flyer in your six-man lineup. That's what you do. You pick six guys against the salary cap. Each golfer is priced. And this week, the winning lineup had three – no, two guys in the 9K range, two guys in the 8K range, two guys in the 7K range for a total of 652 points. Not a bad lineup. Not a bad lineup. Almost uh, almost 20 points above second place, uh, 16 points. And this person clearly, as we've continued to see week in and week out, not scared to fade all the elite players above uh, above the you know 9,400 with Victor Hovland being his highest priced. I, I said this. I, I, I know we've, I've been saying it at least. Don't have FOMO. I do. FOMO for yeah. the top price guys, you're saying? Like, yeah. Yes. You know I fade the top price guy. Uh, that's pretty much in my principles because it is, A, hard to pay it off. B, it's also golf. So the top price doesn't necessarily equate to the most likely to win, really. In fact, it rarely happens where the top price guy wins. Maybe it's twice out of 52 times, you know? DJ was awful. Like, what the fuck? How did they, how, how, how did, did he? You, yeah. How is that? I don't understand. I I assume he's like a guaranteed top 10, but this course really threw a wrench into a lot of these guys' uh, games, it, So, which was kind of cool for viewing and following or whatever. I mean, it, you know, it, that's why we were only playing for 20 bucks so that like when a quarter of my teams that had DJ on there were ruined, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ruined. That's so, okay. I lost five bucks because DJ has taken me out. Okay, well, for the U- for the iTunes watchers, listeners, not the YouTube people, they might not be able to see the lineup, so I'm going to describe it to you. It is Hovland at $9,400. He was the chalk of the lineup with 20% owned. 
Mm-hmm. We have Morikawa in at $9,000 this week, was 8% owned, scored 128 DraftKings points, only four more than Hovland, really. So that's, that's crazy. Interesting. You have Hideki made it into a GPP winning lineup. Hideki Matsuyama was only 5.8%. We kind of know that's what happens is as soon as a guy is not wanted and is kind of ignored and at 5% at an $8,400 price tag, that's a good pick, you know? Like that might be a GPP winning pick when they got four rounds automatically out of Hideki. Scotty Scheffler, 15% owned at 8,300, scored 106.5 points. Then Louis Oosthuizen was a great low-owned kind of pick at 8% at $7,900. He's a good player at these WGCs. You want a place where Louis cares. If you're going to click Louis, you have to know he wants to be there. Not the dot-com opens or the Holiday Inn Classic or anything. like. He wants to be these winning – he wants to win big tournaments. Like That's his thing. I know this about Louis. So it's good on you, Mr. Simon, whoever you are, winner of the short game. You picked Louie. And then you also had my guy, Billy Horschel, at $7,000. That ended your lineup. That's what I even said on all of the pods that I do. I do a pod on Monday. I do a pod on Wednesday. I do a thing on Monday. That's what I said. I said, you got to go with Horschel as your last guy in $7,000. You don't need to go with the scrubs in the 7K range or the 6K range. You can just take Horschel. And this guy did that. It's great. And he won. And he won $1,500. And Horschel, I mean, had been fine. T7 and Sony, you know, uh, back in January. So $50,000 on the nose. Is that the, is that the, it was the total amount? I was yeah. told they were supposed to fade and everything. God, people are so le- You leave some on the table because it's a, a no cut event, smaller. And field. there's a th- how many entries are in this thing? A million people are in this contest. 35,000 <laughs> people are joining this contest. So it's like, you have to leave money to be different. It's like, no, he was clearly, oh, look at all this. Like, nobody's tied at the top. Barely anybody ever has the same score. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Okay, so we talk. This is also what we do, Eric, is we go to the spreadsheet that I have. And I share the screen on how many people owned a guy and if it was a good idea. Hmm. Wait, where is it? I have it open. There it is. You'd think after a million times of doing this, Eric. <laughs> oh, I said the same thing every week. All right. There's the spreadsheet, Eric. Joaquin Neiman was the chalk of the week, actually, the most owned in the short game at 26%, and he wasn't great. He scored 75 points. This is finally the moment, Eric, when you have a no-cut event. You have reasons to fade the number at the chalk. But guess what, Eric? I said this also on Wednesday morning. It's hard to know that Joaquin Neiman, Ryan Palmer, and Zalatoris are going to be 25 23% on. How do you even guess that? Like, that's not even known ahead of time. I predicted that Tony Finau would be the most owned. I had no idea that Harris English would be 21%. And Victor Hovland and Answer was going to be 20%. That's crazy. It's hard to, to, to pin that down. Like, there's no real rhyme or reason in it. That's kind of where you just play your plays, and you don't really care if you eat the Palmer because you don't know if the Palmer is going to be 12 or be 25, and he happened to be 25. So that's why, Eric, you choose more than just one lineup, and you play 20 lineups, and you don't choose 12 players or 15 players and d- condense it down and act like you know things. No, you pick 33 names, and that's what I'm going to talk about in the DFS strategy. strategies. But what do you see here? Not a lot of the people at the top of the leaderboard. You got Horschel there. You got Scheffler there. 
I mean, let's sort by points scored, Eric. Fantasy points scored. I'm on YouTube doing this. The most points scored of the week were Colin Morikawa at 8% on. He was $9,000. And Victor Hovland, 20%. The second most of points scored. So there you go. That's the chalk that you could eat. And so we did that. We did the Victor Hovland. We did the more and the Morikawa. We did both. We didn't care because, of course, he did. And then, of course, you take Brooks Kapkov. He was going to be projected at 10%, and he's 9.9%. He scored 107 points. Easy. Look at that. Rory's there. Even Bryson, dude. That's wow. funny. Yeah. Bryson had a terrible round up. two. And he's, or was it round one? Yeah. It was he was round bad one. round one. Yeah. And then he was good the rest of the way. He's, what is this? Fifth, seventh in DraftKings scoring? Sixth, seventh? Seventh. And then Louis, Patrick Reed, Tony Finau. You need Patrick Reed and Tony Finau. But those are the dudes that cost me. They didn't turn into the Scheffler and Hovland today on Sunday's round four. Finau and Patrick Reed were the real difference makers in whether or not I won any money, and they kind of they were even. They're bad. So there you go. You kind of have that. I mean, it's a GPP that it's a WGC, so there's going to be chalk everywhere. I mean, would you ever have picked Min Woo Lee? Like, that's not going to get you anywhere. Did that even end up on anyone's winning lineup? Like, didn't need it. Probably, it probably depends on the contest. I mean, like, I think that our short game that we like to play each week, that feels like a pretty big GPP. Like, we hear people des- describe these GPPs as these giant GPPs, like 100,000 plus. I don't, are there even 100,000 entry contests on a regular week on DraftKings? I don't, I don't think they do that anymore. They realize I don't that think they don't do that. that. No, they don't, they don't do that. They do that for the millionaire maker. Uh, and they do that for NFL because they can. Well, they do that for NFL because they can. But, like, on a week-to-week basis, I think we're looking at, like, 20K, 30K, 50K entries, maybe a little bit higher. Like, I don't, they're not they're not filling up like that. So, Oh, Aggie wants to know who is the closest to guess the profit. Okay, I did a thing on Twitter. It was fun. You should follow me on Twitter, Eddie Dino Realty. I'm a realtor-free Dino Realty. Um, but at the same time, I had fun, and I gave away a sweatshirt, Eric, and I gave it to my my guy, Blee. Blee? The real Blee on Twitter. He won. He had a, he guessed 139 and I won $144. So that wow. was the profit. Fansharesports.com. How correct are they? They're pretty good, actually. Uh, and if you want to sign up for that website, you could use our promo code, FantasyGolfPod, for 20% off. People are asking about that in the chat, and that's uh, what I use. And or follow me on Wednesday mornings and I'll go live and tell you about what I see. Um, now, that's the GPP winning lineup. That's me. I had a little bit of a sweat. I'd accidentally joined that $9 thing. I mean, I didn't really accidentally, but I was sitting there waiting for things to go down on uh, Wednesday. You know, it's 10 o'clock lock time and I was waiting for the because I tweet out the ownership percentage in, in the short game. So I have to wait till it locks and then I lo- download that and then. I'm sitting there. I'm looking at this $9 contest, and I'm like, wow. There's, like, a lot of people – or there's a lot of entries left. Maybe I'll just make another lineup while I'm sitting here counting down four minutes to go. I load it in there, and then I hit submit. And I'm watching, like – I'm thinking, like, there's overlay, of course. And then it's, like, starting to just – like, it's just crazy. Like, at the literally at the last second, it went from – like 4,200 entries to 4,700 entries as it hit zero, zero. And I was like, geez, 500 people join at the last second like that? Like, That's shady. Right? I'm like, is DraftKings shady? I don't know. 
Probably. But I saw that and I was confused by that. You are you are literally the uh, overlay chasing master. I know I didn't even chase it though because I was corrected. Um, I didn't even really look at it and I didn't really pay attention. But apparently there was an overlay in that contest. There was no. no there, was, there wasn't in the end. No, it was like <laughs> two thousand dollars over the overlay number and like three thousand less than they were going out. I like uh, David Fulton, our guy in the chat, is asking how we get a hoodie like this because Eric and I are rocking these hoodies. Um, right before the Masters, right after, I think probably during Players Week to try to promote us, we're gonna do another order. Because we do these group orders because it makes it easier for everyone to just get in on it. And I don't know if we're going to do black. Maybe we get people to suggest what we should do. Um, go ahead and tell us if we if you want a gray button-up, pull-up, pull-over, quarter zip, T-shirt, T-shirt, shorts. I want everyone to I want everyone to know too that you didn't Definitely. you didn't tell me about that uh, that that entry that you were in until like a day or two later. All of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, the nine dollar. Like, all of a sudden, look, oh, look, I'm, I, I might have a chance for mega profit in this nine dollar on like Friday night, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> well, because normally I'm honest. When I tweet out, I got thirty three dollars in. I do. Yeah, have I know. But it was like one of those things. <laughs> I was just like, whatever, and it happened to be like the my best. I think it was my best lineup. <laughs> what was your best lineup? <laughs> so I'm like, what, like, what is this contest? <laughs> like You're sitting around, it never happens that way. It's lime green for a hoodie. That makes. Mm, would you want a lime green one? Okay, let's keep going. Uh, we do have a structure to this pod. Uh, we've already talked about my bank of profits. Oh, I was. You know, we, <laughs> we're going to get to uh, the dude that won the hoodie. We did that. Okay, and then um, I wanted to mention that I dominated Jock Market too. That was where I had the real profit, and that's not even a sponsor of the show. Maybe we should get them to sponsor the show because. It's a great app. It's fun. And I love it. So I'm going to keep talking about it. And I talk about it on the Preferred Lines podcast on Monday nights with Joe Idoni. So you can watch us then. <clears throat> I did want to say, though, the moment of the day for me was when they split boxed Hovland on 14 for par and Morikawa on 12 for birdie. I, yep. Do you remember this point in, in yes. the tournament? Yes. And like Hovland misses the putt. And then it goes to Morikawa, and he makes it. Yep. And it was like he's up by three with six to go. That was when it was over. And I was like, it felt like my heart. <laughs> it was the greatest thing ever. Do you want to talk before we get into what we were told and if it came true? Is Morikawa the closest thing to Tiger Woods? You know, you you made that statement. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, everybody obviously he's a special talent. But come on, I think Tiger. he's one of the best. He's going to be one of the best. I mean, I don't think this is a speed thing where like, oh, he's so good so soon and he's a rocket ship. And it's like, oh, but it's so cute because he makes these weird luck box hole in ones and random chippings and putts from a million yards away. I don't think that's a Morikawa thing. I think Morikawa is literally the dude that if you have a gun to your head and you're like, the dude needs to hit, pick a golfer to hit it within 10 feet from 175 yards, you'd be like, OK, Morikawa, because I'm not gonna, I don't want to die. And you'd feel confident clicking on Morikawa for that kind of a thing. I mean, I'm sure there's some stats to look at at 24 years old comparatively, but we're talking about a different era here too. I mean, the type of competition that all of the elite golfers and players on the PGA Tour are having to face against each other compared to what Tiger was facing back in the day. But that, you know, I mean, 
Tiger showed up every week. We, we I don't know. I, I don't. I don't like. Well, this. It's, it's, it's like easier this. for Tiger to show up every week against the competition he was facing. I think the fact that Colin Morikawa is doing it in the same comp, with the competition that he's facing, that gives me like, okay, I can compare the two. Just the same way you could kind of do it in NBA with LeBron and MJ. Of course, MJ was killing like my dad, and like there, Wilt Chamberlain was killing like my grandpa. Who right. barely care, you know? Like those eras are so different. But I know, I know, I've seen Tiger do it against Colin Morikawa, and uh, in the same era too. So I, I don't know if he'll ever reach. <laughs> or like, is any if anyone can reach Tiger Woods level? But at the same time, oh. the closest thing to it, I feel like for right now. So that's what I want. Okay, we're having um some fun, and we're going to now talk about what we were told. So each and every week, we have segments on this program, and one of the segments is. We were told what we were told. Because, <laughs> uh, dude, we get told a lot of things leading up to the to the week. Do you have any off the top of your head, or should we go through the list of names that, or things that I have? Start start off the top there. Hmm. I was told. We were told. We've been told that on a WGC, it is imperative to use less names on your DraftKings player pool and to play less bankroll. Don't bet as much. It's you know, it's hard to do well in this kind of a week. I'm like that. I don't believe that. So guess what I did? I obviously bet the most that I have, or I do, and then I also use the most names that I've ever used on a no cut seventy man event, thirty three, <laughs> and I had well, arguably the closest sweat of the season to winning a, or cashing a comma, and it was fun. I had a lot of fun, and it proved to me that I don't know. Whatever we've been told about these take less name people, the lower your player pool, lower your exposure, and a WGC in this no cut, scary, who knows what's going to happen kind of thing. Bullshit. I think that's a lie. I think you up your bankroll. You go to the next level. <laughs> Not like $555 if you're playing for a dollar lineup. But I think maybe for the next time that there's one of these WGCs or short fields, I'm figuring it out. That you only need one of those bullets, dude. And to take less names, that's eliminating your chance to add another bullet or whatever. So I'm not into that take less names thing for this kind of thing. So I'm excited for the next thing. I'm going to go $3 or 20 max or whatever. I don't know what it's called. I think it's called the birdie. But I might go to that contest on DraftKings, play for 20 lineups for $3 a lineup. Because I'm confident that my strategy is going to pay off. I don't need to be right. I only, you know, like I just pick everybody and then wait to see what happens. Take more names and don't take any Euro names. Oh, that's yeah, don't take Euro names. That's the thing that we can also take away from, from these WGCs is that uh, chasing a, a Hoy guard or something who gets who would a do that. <laughs> Dude, does anybody out there have any we were told? Were you told anything this week? Because I remember being told that you should take bombers. Might be more of an advantage out here. Yeah, bombers. Know, I wasn't so sure about that. Bombers every goddamn week. It's the same thing. Take bombers. Is <laughs> Webb Simpson a bomber? No, he was at the top of the leaderboard, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I mean, let's go through the leaderboard. Yeah, I got it pulled up. I got it pulled up too. Hold on. Morikawa, Hovland, Kepka, Horschel, Scheffler, Ustazen. Half of those guys aren't bombers. 
Would you consider Morikawa? I mean, he's one of the worst in drafting. Is Hovland a bomber, sneakily? I don't know. I haven't. He drove the distance on average six two hundred sixty-eight. That's not a bomber. Two sixty-eight on average. Hovland off the tee is Mac. What did McElroy do off the tee this week? Do you know this is just on PGA Tour? You can get these stats. Two ninety-three for. I mean, you could have been anybody at this course. It didn't matter. You just got to be a good golfer. That we talk about this every time. Ah, frustrates me. And these guys are, like, strategizing differently. Like, obviously, Rory knows his strength is his uh, bomber narrative every week. Come on. Idiot touts. <laughs> these, guys, these guys find ways to uh, get the job done. Webb does his game, and Brooks Kepka does his game. And they, they, they put themselves in different spots on, on – Come on, on the fairway. It doesn't matter if it's right. There's plotters. My, my number's better at 130, and this guy's number's better at 90. You know. Oh, we saw that a lot. There was a lot of that. Okay, we were also told that Xander is good <laughs> at no cut events. Yeah, what the fuck happened to Xander? Wasn't he our one and done? Yeah, and he didn't have a single round in the 60s. He was minus one overall, and like terrible. Not even, not even in the conversation whatsoever. Same with JT. JT had a terrible first round. He kind of put himself back in it. Did he finish top 20? He finished T15. How many did he lose putting, JT? Let's look. Because he lost 1.2 strokes putting today. For the week, he, I mean, he's bad. It was just bad. Yeah. He had a, what he had bad first round. It was funny to see these guys just like. Oh, he did okay second round putting. Yeah. But I mean I mean he was driving the shit out of it too this week. So I don't know. JT's probably gonna be fine. I wouldn't worry about JT. Yeah. Um no, we were told uh DJ there's no <laughs> chance that he'll be bad. <laughs> oh and then well, how bad was DJ? Oh, it's awful. Very bad. Did he end up five over today or something? Where was he? Six over today, five over overall. Not even close. Nice try. Thanks for coming. Like, what the fuck? Why Why does that happen? Do you I, know? You tell me. I have no idea. Um, all right. <clears throat> now, <laughs> I don't, there, again, guys, uh, I was too busy sweating and caring, and I didn't come up with a lot of these topics, but I have a PGA DFS strategy session that we can do. Did we finish? We, did we need to talk about Tiger and and or is we're that the getting album? there? Oh, okay. That's in the news and the notes and the went viral because that was one of those moments that went viral. I'm gonna get to the DFS strategy real quick. This is the second subject tonight. Uh, imagine tweeting on a Thursday after five holes a screenshot of you winning <laughs> and no cut WGC event. After people aren't even on the, I mean, I did it, and I'm a fool. And it was after 36 holes, I did it, and I felt stupid about it. I knew I could win zero or four thousand dollars with those lineups. I already knew that. But do you think a screenshot uh, tweet is jinxing? Is a jinx? I don't really believe in the jinx, but I think it's a foolish move. Oh, hey, we were told Ryan Palmer was a free square. Oh. I said that. I, I didn't <laughs> think that. I told people that. <laughs> and then, but I'm about to talk about that. So, David, hold your horses there. I got this for coming up here in strategy. Of course. 
Okay, play for fun, right? Remember that? That's Eric. Do we we ha- we have a pot out? Actually, I, it was about this time last year, maybe, or maybe it was right after COVID let us play golf again. But whatever, uh, we did a strategy pod. You can find it on our page. The goal is the first step. You got to figure out your goal. And my goal right now is to cash a comma. I want to win a thousand dollars. That's what I'm going to try to do. So that's why we're playing in a smaller albatross contest with less people because it still pays out a thousand dollars first. I don't need to compete against 20,000 people. If I only want to win a a cash a comma, I can find contests that facilitate that. So I can go one lineup in, I can beat 900 people for thousand bucks. It's possible versus someone has 150 lineups. They're going 20,000 people in this thing. And there's 5,000, 3,000, 2,000, you know, like I'm not, Figure out your goals. Play for less money. It's more fun. Screenshotting your winnings. When you're screenshotting, it's like my buddy out there, he, uh, I can't remember his Twitter handle, but he was playing for $4.35 this week, and he ended up winning. He was winning like thousands of dollars at one point, and that's hilarious and fun to screenshot that and send that out because he's like, that's fun. And he ended up winning $35 off of $5 at the end of the day or whatever. But it didn't matter because it's more like if you're just playing for small amounts of peanuts, it's the lotto ticket. You're not doing this like to try to make it seem like you're really good or you know things or you're trying to prove it by putting more money into it. Like I know more. I study more. People ask me that all the time. You put all this effort and time and energy into this shit and you play for $30? Like what? The, what's wrong with you? Just play for more. Don't you think you have an advantage? And I'm like, I'm guessing athlete performance like no i don't even after studying it and my wife would say like how do you not know more than other people and i'm like i don't know it's just the way it is because it's the pga so just remember to play for small amounts so that when you do play for small amounts you could screenshot that you could send that to your friend you could send that to your mom and you could send that to everybody look and i only play for two dollars and i'm winning a thousand and it's like whoa that's cool like i want to do that versus hey i'm playing for 33 dollars and i'm winning 133 or even $60. You're like, what? Well, it's, it's part of the entertainment value of, of right. it is the process of seeing. Well, I mean, we say it's pointless to look at your bubbles until Friday, you know, after, or, or I'm sorry, Sunday afternoon. Maybe you're looking a little bit on, on, on a Friday afternoon for a cut sweat. But well, if you don't have any six of sixes, typically you're just like, ah, uh, delete the app for the weekend. Right. Yeah, exactly. But it is kind of fun to see you up there, even if it's in an unrealistic uh, position, you know, uh, when, when it comes to how many holes are left with the tournament. I was in that situation. I wasn't about to tweet out the screenshot. It was a few weeks ago where I was atop at that. We did the $5. I was atop there for for a good extended period. I kept going back and forth. It was kind of fun to watch, and I felt like that paid the, the five dollars paid paid off. Oh, David's the one that had that single bullet, uh, four dollars and thirty five cents. He's in the chat. That's awesome. So he's he's even here. Oh, <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Like it's more fun to do that, David. Right? Isn't that more fun? Because if you're betting four hundred and fifty dollars or whatever, you're betting a lot of money. That's like crazy. It's kind of strange to me, and it's weird. And then that's why what the you don't see is these people with a gambling problem screenshotting and having fun telling people, Hey, I'm winning. It's not fun for them. They like need to fucking win in order to continue to play. And that's not how we ever want to be considered. We're not doing (laughs) that. Like, and it doesn't really, it's like, I don't, I feel confident in what I'm doing in my decision-making. I'm not masking my gambling problem by pretending I have knowledge in 
picking athlete performance. I'm playing for fun. I'm enhancing my, what did you say last week? You were talking about this. You were talking about how people use their game. They cover up their gambling problems by pretending it's, I have knowledge in the spreadsheet that's going to eat, make me rich. And so then that's what they tell people. And so that's what they're doing with their money. I mean, how do you, what do you say about that? (laughs) I can't remember what I said last week specifically, but I think the point that you made is that really the people like David here and you and even me, maybe we are warranted in having the like Friday evening screenshot of like, Oh my God, look, I'm poised, but there's still 180 holes left. But nonetheless, look at, look at the numbers right now off of my, $20 bet or my $4.35 bet like because we're all just doing this for fun because it's fun to do it and watch golf and see if we're going to make a profit whereas the people that you see on Twitter sort of lead towards this sort of shameful oh four dude it's about enhancing your fun we talk about this it's just yeah. like we would be watching golf anyway even if I was betting 33 on it or zero and it's also about how much you want to care or sweat. And if sweating 33 doesn't do it to you, then sweat 333. But I don't think you should do it for the money ultimately. I think – but at the same time, if you are doing it for low stakes and you want to screenshot that shit and you want to tag me and you want me to retweet that with the Fantasy Golf Pod 4,000 followers, I will happily do that because I love it. And I'm doing this for fun. <laughs> and this is trying to – we're kind of trying to keep this fun. Uh, DraftKings isn't serious. I don't – you know – all I've seen over the last three years of doing this podcast is that like people are angry a lot and they get mad and they tilt and this isn't fun. And then they move to the next sport. And then I'm like, wait, they weren't even fans of golf. There's anywhere they can get their fix. So we text each other. Us. Like it's Patrick is ruining you. And then we go, ha 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 ha. You had right? an option. You, you were about to win a comma and then you got fucked by him and some other people. And it's like, feed and read. Because it's 40 bucks or 30 or whatever the hell you were in for. Oh my God. And like, how much does it cost to go out with your friends or go to the movies or even just go to the bar and have a dinner? Like, it's going to cost you 46 bucks. So, like, I got four days of enjoyment and sweat and the chance to win bigly and be able to play and do that a hundred weeks in a row without losing money. And I, it was close and I had that fun and it was so fun. So, DraftKings is supposed to be fun. Um, last th- or no, we got a couple more topics for the PGA DFS segment strategy. How about leaving money on the table, Eric? Do you have any opinions on how silly that would be? We just saw it. Yeah, we just saw that the winner of the uh, short game used all fifty thousand dollars of DraftKings dollars. And <laughs> here's the thing: I, I texted this to you, and I, I've thought about this. If everyone was trying to get the perfect lineup and leaving a bunch of money off the table, that might warrant uh, that type of strategy. But the, the fact of the matter is this. Nobody is doing that. Therefore, oh, you're you know, saying like if everyone was attempting to go for the perfect lineup, then uh, maybe someone actually would do that. And therefore, then you'd have competition at that every week. And so even if you had a great lineup, someone's going to hit the nuts. I see what you're saying. Possibly. But, that's, but, that, but what I'm saying is that Therefore, it's a moot point to even try to go for the perfect line because nobody is doing that. Everybody's using basically all their salary cap in various ways, whether it's a build of a couple 10K guys, one 7K and a 6K, or what we saw this week, two 9K, two 8K, two 7K, and everybody's filling up their salary cap. So 
I, I I'm of the belief that seeking the perfect lineup or, or like the perfect, like how the, the most possible points that could have been scored on DraftKings is completely uh, pointless. Right. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I Joe, reason. I don't. He's in the chat. Hey, Joe, guess what? We're going to celebrate tomorrow night. We're going to crack some beers. We're going to cheers on the Preferred Lines podcast. It's live on Monday nights. I don't even know if we have a guest. Uh, it's been such a fun little weekend for us. And, um, yes, I'm going to be paying off some houses because I haven't won yet this season. So I needed a win, and I got one at 40 to 1. Hey, hey, hey. Colin Morikawa. I heard that. I saw some Kawa 55 to 1 early. So you right? missed- How was I doing? I was sleeping on it, I guess. <laughs> But at the same time, I mean, 40 to me look like insane. So uh, you got 55, good for you. And the books are stupid. I don't know. That was just a ridiculous number. Um, We got a couple more items on the DFS strategy segment, okay? The PGA DFS strategy includes how about Ryan Palmer at 7,200? We thought it was a misprice. So wait, pricing is not an illusion? (laughs) Well, because we used to think pricing was an illusion, it kind of is in a way. Like, but it's not because Vegas prices these people technically, and they're smarter with their algorithm than you could ever be with your algorithm on figuring out somebody's less or more valuable based on their price. So, no one's really ever underpriced or overpriced. It's really not a thing. Like they're priced the way they should be. Except for Billy Horschel was 7,000 and he beat out like all the 10 and 9K people. Have you been playing Billy Horschel? Like you could have been awful with his putter and he could have been 68. No, I, you, you t- told me about Billy Horschel. You like him. So I, I, know. I think I had 25%. I just didn't have him on the right uh, lineups. But oh, yeah, I was all in on Billy. Everyone hates Billy too. It's great. So his ownership slower. Yeah. Um, no, I, I do think that you do need to use less player. No, don't use less players in your player pool. Are you kidding me? Use more players in your player pool. I've been trying to get over this, figure it out. What was I saying to you? Like, I'm actually confident now that those people that tell you that are wrong. Like, I will stand here and I'll fight them and argue with them that, like, you should play 33 names if you're playing 20 lineups. I'm a tw- I play 20 lineups every single week I have for three straight years. I've been playing DraftKings since draft- – before DraftKings was a company, I played Draft Street. I- since the day golf was I announced, I remember tweeting at Draft Street 10 years ago and being like, that'd be great if you could ever have golf, even though I know it's a pipe dream. And Draft Street's like – We'll see what we can do. This is literally before PGA DFS was a fucking thing. I've been playing this shit from day one. I've been doing 20 lineups forever. And I know now that I was told things that were wrong. You got to play more names. 33 names is like the right number. It's really easy to make good lineups. You can make a lot of lineups that are really good. You don't need to get weird. You don't need to get conservative. You don't need to go on one guy. Like You don't need to do that. Even with Morikawa. Okay. I loved him. I should have gone all in on him, right? Well, no. I still had chances. I still had outs. I still had a way that he could not win the tournament, and I'd be still – I had another lineup that could have vaulted around or been up there and around. And that's what you want. I mean, the no-cut thing's a little different because of the fact that there's – you're never really going to have to worry about a six-for-six, six, but I think that's the thing is you want to want to increase your chance at getting six-of-sixes by spreading it a little bit more because you don't know anything. So, like, don't not click someone just because you don't want to click them. Like, 
Why wouldn't you just click every single 9K name? You would have been a fucking great this week. You probably would have connected on 20 lineups. You clicked all the 9K names with one lineup that worked. Yeah. And I guess I, I'll play devil's advocate. I don't uh, – if you're risk averse to to having a small, compact uh, player pool – for for a twenty entry like we do in the in the one dollar, it almost starts to turn into like a, a three max or a five max. If you're 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 having like you you were doing that for for years, twenty names, twenty one lineups, twenty one names, twenty one dollars. It was crazy. Yeah, like, you told me it's hard. So I had a couple of weeks of success, and I had a, a week where I think I went and then I started bumping up to twenty four names, and then I was playing a three man one dollar contest, so I was twenty four, twenty four, twenty four. But like at the same time, that was allowing me a little bit more leverage, and then I would have a week where I'd have nineteen of twenty four through the cut, and then I didn't fucking win. Right, and then and then your your base. Yeah, I remember you telling me like I'm having trouble like figuring out how to make unique lineups within my player pool. Correct. Based on the oh, you have 24 names. There's only so many lineups that you can create that this guy's not overlapping with this guy three times. If you're having 20 names, so you want to not have him be three times because if both those guys suck, six lineups are dead. And right. then you're probably going to have him on three others and three others. So then that's 12 lineups that are completely dead because they're not six of six. So then out of 20 lines already, if I have just two names, miss the cut, then I'm already down to I have eight bullets left to get a six of six because I know I'm not winning a GPP with a five of six. So that's really what it comes down to. Then you're just like, so you just totally shot yourself in the foot where you could have just diversified. Instead of having six shares of two guys, you could have two shares of uh, three guys or whatever. So like, come on, this is what I'm going to start doing, dude. I'm going to start diversifying. And nobody's told me to do that. They've always told me to do the opposite of that. And I think that they're doing this. So we'll see if this is successful. And it's been a little bit successful. I was a little nervous. Like, ha, yeah, I even tweeted. I'm going contrarian with my player pool. I'm going 33 names, even though I'm told to go 23 names or less. Are they coming from a 150 lineup strategy, though, is the other thing. Oh, my God. I think I should. I'd probably kill. Because you could just play 150 players and you're 150 players. Like, (laughs) you might. No, seriously, this is the George Cassandra to do the opposite. This is what Josh says <laughs> because nobody knows anything. All right, we're done with DFS strategy. Yeah, we are. Okay, well, I, I was gonna say enter contests less than a thousand entries. I'm having success in those, or at least trying to find contests where it's easier to win or go to the top versus it's managing your expectations too. Like you're not going to win these giant GPPs, but if you have a 900 man contest, like you could maybe win that. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Reed or Bryson. Every week we talk about Patrick Reed or Bryson. Bryson was here. He was bad. And then he was good. Reed was good. And then he was bad. <laughs> I don't know. Um, there was uh, something about viral and Bryson and Patrick Reed combined together in the segments. It was Rory actually saying that he would least likely concede a putt to Patrick Reed. God, that's funny. Yeah, why did he say <laughs> that? And he said it so smugly. Like he was like, oh, I'm just doing this for publicity. And so it's a quote. It was weird. Yeah. It's on our Fantasy Golf Pod YouTube page. Uh, if you want to go look at the actual you know, video of Rory saying he would concede a putt to Webb, but not to Patrick Reed. Um, what else went viral? Well, Matt Wolf, he accidentally hit a putt 
uh, while he was practicing, a la Zach Johnson at the Masters a couple years ago. Apparently, there's no penalty for hitting your ball while you're putting by accident because it's unintentional. That's funny, and, and that's, that's also going to be my excuse all summer. When yeah, I have a bad putt. <laughs> that was not intentional, obviously. I've done that before. You have hit the ball by accident. Yeah, well, yeah, practice putting. Why? How'd you do that? Because I, when I do my practice putt, I, I'm way too close to the ball. Like, why wouldn't you just be like four, five, six inches away? Instead, I'm like right next to the ball, and then I, I strike it accidentally. So it's it's stupid. But like that's that that that, that was that was concerning for Wolf. Like, what the hell's going on with him? Right. Well, he's depressed. Yeah. I mean, he's 21 and he wishes that he could go party and have like a life. And he's seeing all these hotties on Instagram and he wants to go party with them. <laughs> you were about to just say something. And bang. But then yeah. at the same time, he cannot. And then he's sad. And then he wants to do things. And then like, go to the gym, go to the range. And he's like, I'm sick of this. I've been doing this my whole life. So he's having one of those beginning of life's crises. We'll what see him. Oh, he'll, he'll be fine by midsummer when he's bombing out of the 3M Open, defending it. Well, not defending, but he's you know going to win that again. All right, PGA news of the week. Uh, last second withdrawal by Cantlay was a little weird, or was it? I thought it was uh, interesting, and I had a viral tweet actually when it came to uh, when it came a viral to- tweet from Quagnes at Quagnes <laughs> Twitter. Oh my god. Um, the thing about this, uh, Cantley is that, uh, it just proves we don't know anything about these people. Like you don't nope. know shit. It is the night before the tournament and you're like, yeah, Cantley's going to win. I almost went up. I almost bet him. Like I had a shares of him and then he withdraws. Like there's no way you're going to know why or how, or when this is going to happen. This just happens. He's dehydrated. Like what no. is that? I've never been dehydrated. And did I say that? Who said that? No, you didn't. He did. He said he was dehydrated. Was that then a lie? Drink more water, dude. Come on. Yeah. Josh is giving me a compliment here. He says that I'm the. Uh, he's never seen me hit a bad putt before. If you're new to me, you should find some of these videos. I've had some really long putts that I found. I've had the camera on, which is fun. So. Not that you care about me. Uh, let's talk about the other news, okay? Uh, Matt Wolf is broken. Yes, he, is he dealing with an injury? That's what David wants to know. Do you think that's a possibility? No, not from. I read an article that basically he's his. It's a mental situation. The night before the tournament, Cantley withdraw with the shits. You think? <laughs> that's what I heard too. I mean, that's what dehydration slash something. I mean, like. Like somehow he, he didn't. They didn't. They didn't have the. They didn't have the uh, tournament in Mexico yet. He got Montezuma's revenge. Ah. <laughs> keeping that. Uh, keeping that WD streak alive at the old WGC yeah. Mexico. Yeah. Um, uh, fair play to for Cantley withdraw before the tournament. Now that is true. I mean, I was happy that he withdrew before the tournament. Obviously, so you, if you didn't know that, you're a fool. And apparently, all three percent of idiots didn't know that. That's awesome. You said it's going to be two to three percent on your tweet, and it came in at like 3.6. I knew it was going to be higher than three. I knew it. I was like, these people don't care. They put their lineups in it on Monday afternoon and they forget. Yeah. Because they're not actual golf fans, people. It's great. So they're just gamblers putting their money in. 
Okay, this course was hard. Did you like the course? Uh, I texted Wago, and he told me his brother-in-law plays there a lot. But then I also thought, like, I mean, do you, did do you like it? Do you did you watch it and enjoy it? Like, why does Wago's brother playing it mean anything? Well, it, what it, what it said to me was, this seems like a course that's set up to challenge professional golfers. I can't imagine being either is that a public course or a private course? I assume it's private. Like you're a member there. Like that seems like a really difficult course to like. That's where all the tweets. Like, were. It was outrage. <laughs> there was outrage about this course on Twitter. But like it's the same thing that we've talked about all along. Like, why would we go play a really super fucking difficult course for hundreds, hundreds of dollars? Yeah, that, when we could go that, somewhere else and make birdies. It's like, hey, why don't you come and just get your ass kicked? And oh yeah, pay a hundred dollars to but do I'm it. I'm proud. I, 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 I'm a member from the tips. We're playing from the tips, and I'm a member. What do you shoot? One twenty. Yeah, I'm proud. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Okay, so the outrage this week included um, <laughs> CNN reporters' comments and others' comments about Tiger Woods. People not only tweeted dumb things, but then tweeted dumb things about those dumb things. If you're, yeah. I mean, this is more for the community of Twitter followers that we have. Car accident, Tiger Woods, blah, 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 immediately. I mean, Twitter's a bad place, like, in general. It's kind of oh, a cesspool. God, fucking cesspool. So, like, what do you expect when you get Twitter takes? Oh, I mean, this... Well, the CNN thing is not Twitter. But... Oh, outrage about Max Homa not wearing red. I guess there was some of that. People not wearing red for Tiger. That was funny. I, I, I but know. do you want to talk about what was said or do we even care to enlighten let's our audience let's oh, just say this jeff feinberg continues to double down on it it's fucking hilarious <laughs> so go ahead did you you said that to me right yeah <laughs> did tweet about how he was well i meant to bet morikawa yes. but it was in my drafts and i accidentally tweeted the wrong betting card oh my god that's so how funny did you think of that? that was hilarious i think that's great i mean because what was she? I mean, was she trying to threaten him? No, no. Okay, let's go back. So there's a person on Twitter named Amanda Rose. Okay, good for her. She's got a following. We've followed her too. We've invited her on the pod before. Before she was, I mean, she might have had 6,000 followers at the time. She's like 50,000 now. But we were like, hey, you just went to the Open Championship with Fantasy National. Do you want to come on our pod this week and talk about your experience in that? Fantasy National was sponsoring us at the time. This would be an opportunity for you to take advantage of your audience, our audience, your trip, blah, blah, blah. This seemed like a very easy idea. And she told us she was jet lagged and she gave us excuses and she didn't want to come on, whatever. Now, all of a sudden, like fast forward a couple of years later, she's hired by the Action Network. She's given touts and bets, all this stuff out. But like, you know, I don't know if you followed the bets and things. I don't know. I'm not... Nobody knows anything, so like, I don't blame her for being wrong all the time because I'm not right all the time. But at the same time, you got a lot of pressure on you when you're now working for the Action Network and you're this person getting fifty thousand followers. All of a sudden, there's a little more spotlight. Like I can say whatever I want. I can even talk about this, yeah. Um, because no one's going to watch this. But like, she's going to have followers that care what she tweets, and then she tweets. About a chauffeur because that would help 
save legal fees for Tiger Woods. Low blow. Right. Not that even that bad, really. I think Tiger Woods would be better off if he had a chauffeur. No shit. Everyone thinks these thoughts. This is exactly what everyone's thinking. Right. Sure. sure. You you don't tweet it out to your 50,000 followers if you work for the Action Network. Stupid. But at the same <laughs> time, just say you're fucking sorry. Like, don't even go to the point of pretending. Now, this is the woman decided, this 24-year-old. I would have told her if she would have just asked me, Chad, what, I'm getting killed by this. What should I do? I would have said, you tweet out these words. I'm Amanda Rose. I'm 24 years old. I am not very smart. I try to make jokes. <laughs> Have you seen my jokes? They're not that funny. Some of them are really bad. And this one was one of those bad ones. Sorry uh, for doing that. I've deleted it, and I appreciate everyone's feedback. I'm going to learn from this mistake. Send tweet. Done. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need to do. But instead, the Amanda Rose girl says, instead of like the normal response of like, shit, I was a bad joke. Oh, actually, that was about the day before when he was on TV and then I didn't send it. I was going to save it for another time. And then I just hit send when I was looking for an article on something else. And then now I'm getting death threats. I'm like, Oh my Jeez. God. What in the world is this? This is the community that, uh, you know, I'm a part of. So I'm like, this is an ambassador for our freaking community. This woman telling this yeah. lie, like, give me a break. So everybody knew it right away. We're like, Listen, lady, we've all been here. We're older than you. I'm 36 years old now. I'm old. I look younger. I probably look as young as Amanda Rose. She's 24. She hasn't been through a lot. She just needs to be told by somebody. Just apologize and admit you're wrong. Instead of this stupid random lie about a drafted twi tweet. Like, the hell are you talking about? Don't right? give yourself that much credit. You don't look 24. Thanks. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> no, I but you're two right. Kids. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I can't, like, like where's, the, there's no humility. There's no, like, Oh, and then she's blocking people. And she's blocking people left and right. And, you know, people. Oh, people that was hilarious. Uh, we, we don't need to spend any more time on this right now because right. My, my MacBook computer is low on battery because I'm out in the garage. We're amateur Ooh. hour. Next week, though, is the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. We're going to have a little bit of a same but different. There's going to be water. It's going to be tough, of course. Some of these scores sometimes, the API are not very under par so you got guys in the field like hatton who won last year he's here spieth is making his debut eric at the bay hill spieth yeah he's playing here um but the best the name of the week could be rory mcelroy he might be the top price guy or patrick reed and bryson could be in the 10k range and after hovland's performance this week he's playing here and i think hovland could flirt with the 10k range it's gonna be interesting so um, you will find me on tomorrow morning. Well, whenever the pricing comes out for DraftKings for this Arnold Palmer Invitational, I'll go live and I will talk about my first impressions. And then I will go live again with Joe Idoni tomorrow night at the Preferred Lines podcast. We're going to celebrate the Morikawa win again. It's going to be great. And then again, Wednesday morning, Ownership Pod, presented in part by FanshareSports.com. Go there, FanshareSports.com, Fantasy Golf Pod, one word, you get 20% off. And Eric. The guy that's going to win the Albatross ticket is the guy that tweeted at us $4.35. He's going to play for $12 this week. His name David Fulton, and he's a good man, and uh, he's been chatting along. So, David, DM me. I'm going to send you 12 bucks via Venmo, and uh, we'll go for that comma. We're going to try to cash a comma. That's what we try to do each comma. and every week 
on DraftKings. Eric, thanks for watching. And uh, I'm going to play the music and get us out of here before my computer dies. Goodbye. Put the house on Hovland. Oh, maybe. Ooh, Barry. Shit. All right, we'll see. See you guys uh, tomorrow morning right back here on the Fantasy Golf Pod YouTube page. I'll be live talking on pricing as I see it. Like and subscribe. Rate and review. See you next time. Peace out. See you next week. Goodbye.